hard in the interruption, but I'm Pablo Torre, and this is when I say something nice about being on the show, and Tony makes fun of me. He's acting like I know who he is. Hi. Come on. Yeah, hello. Nice to see you it's again. Me. Yeah. Hello, good to see Grandpa. You again. Yeah. No, you look fine. Good to be you back. You look fine. Yeah. You do. Or a tie and everything. I like when you. Yeah. I like when you dress up. I like when you wear a tie. <laughs> you know, it makes me happy. Makes me happy. Welcome to PTI, oh, boys and girls. Wuban apparently has better things to do, so doing his work for him today is our great friend, the host of the new podcast, Pablo Torre finds out, which I think should be named Squeeze Me. I'm Pablo Torre, Mr. <laughs> Pablo Torre. Do you like that? Squeeze oh. me on Pablo Torre. And we begin today Considered it. with last night's divisional game between the Browns and Steelers, which the Steelers won by playing takeaway defense. The Steelers scored 14 of their 26 points on defense. Pablo, what is your biggest takeaway from this game that the Steelers won or that Nick Chubb has likely lost to the Browns all season from that gruesome knee injury? It has to be Nick Chubb, Tony, and there's the big picture about Nick Chubb. The big picture is that this is the sort of injury that validates both sides of the running back argument, right? This is the reason why you don't pay a running back. It's the reason why the running back should be paid. Both of these things are true with a single gruesome injury to Nick Chubb. But the reason why it's about Nick Chubb, too, and the Browns is because Deshaun Watson has been abysmal, right? He's been really, really bad. The Browns' defense, Tony, look, the Browns' defense... They're doing their best. They're pretty good. But Deshaun Watson, what he's doing, giving up pick sixes like this, giving up turnovers that lead to scores, he is a liability in a way that, and I'll use this word, um, I think, quite deliberately, it feels karmic. It feels like karma, what the Browns have done. Sign the guy with the most morally indefensible rap sheet of anybody we can remember and just watch him be about 50 times worse than you thought. Yeah. Nick Chubb had an injury like this in college. That's a long time ago. He came back from that, obviously. It was so awful that they wouldn't even show it on television. I agree with you that the centerpiece here is Nick Chubb and and that his being out will have lasting ramifications all season for a division that is now injury played. Let me go through the division. We don't know about Joe Joe Burrow. We don't know if he's going to play. No. Cincinnati at the moment just sort of seems absent. You know, they're just floating somewhere. You're 100% right in the absence of Chubb that the Browns are dependent upon Deshaun Watson, who does not appear to be worth anywhere near the money that they're paying him. I believe he was sacked six times last night. Pittsburgh is also completely dependent on defense, (laughs) which which is as it should be in Pittsburgh. But if I have these numbers correct, and I think I do, They had one rushing yard in the first half last night. In the fourth quarter where games are won and lost, they were minus seven total yards. Kenny Pickett doesn't look like anything special. So that leaves Baltimore, which now is the only team in the division that's pretty good on offense and pretty good on defense. But, and I say that, you know, there's always a but, everybody's just waiting for Lamar Jackson to get hurt because he gets hurt every single year. I I, I think it is appropriate that this game was about defense with Pittsburgh, Pablo. That defense goes back almost 50 years. It goes back to the Steel Curtain. It goes all the way up to T.J. Watt. Everything the Steelers do starts on defense, including Mike Tomlin, who played defense in college. Yeah, it just feels, given that running statistic, the rushing yardage total in the first half of one yard, it just feels like they're hopping over the lowest possible bar to get a victory in the NFL, as we know, 
It's a random game. By and large, you'll take the win wherever you can get it. But let's turn to last night's other game, Tony, because that's where the Saints edged the Panthers. And the Saints defense pressured Panthers rookie quarterback Bryce Young repeatedly, which really did help make up for the team's weak offensive performance in this win, which was 20-17. to So here we have the Saints, now 2-0. and But have they convinced you, Tony, that they're actually good? Yeah, do they, do they convince me? No, not yet, not now. Look, I respect 2-0. and As a famous coach once said, you are what your record says you are. You know, but there are 15 games to go here. They beat a mediocre Tennessee team, I think, by one point, 16-15. to They beat a bad Carolina team by three points, 20-17. to So... The, the local team for me, Washington, is also 2-0. They're 2-0 for the first time and I think, 12 seasons, something like that, 11 or 12 seasons. And am I convinced about them? No, they beat two bad teams. Did New Orleans pass the eye test for you? Because they did not for me. Um, look, I, I think Derek Carr is okay, right? I mean, I was surprised that Las Vegas bounced them out like that. I think the New Orleans defense is actually rather good. They don't give up a lot of yes. points. I think they've gone... 10 straight games giving up 20 or less, but I think they've only won maybe six of those things. And can I say, you know, the, okay, watching the first game was actually torture. And I couldn't wait for the second <laughs> game to start because I thought I should be paid to watch the first one. But in this game, Bryce yeah. Young was awful. He was, you think, you think Deshaun Watson was awful? Bryce Young... 153 yards on 33 attempts. Last week, 146 yards on 38 attempts. That's four yards an attempt. He's the number one draft pick. They traded up to get him. It's a steep climb. It's a steep climb. I will point out a couple of things. First of them being, uh, I think you are literally paid to watch the game. That might be actually oh, in our job description on some level. <laughs> that I guess, said, sort of. That said, the workers' comp aspect of this doubleheader is, is something that resonates with me because this was ugly. Tony, look, the Saints defense, you mentioned it. Six and four when you hold your opponent to 20 or fewer points. Ten straight games dating back to last season. Never been a streak like that in this franchise's history, and they don't have enough. You know, right, the, right. To, to summon a quote from another coach, yeah, I think Derek Carr is who I thought he was. He's just not that good. He's okay. He's not the guy who's going to pick up your team when your team is missing offense. He's, he was fine with the Raiders. But to me, Alvin Kamara, when's he coming back? Hopefully ASAP. You yeah. need those weapons. Chris Olave's promising. He's a young receiver. That's great. But to me, the defense is not enough in New Orleans, Tony. It's not close. I'll tell you a secret. During this particular game, I snuck over to watch the Nats against the White Sox, an utterly meaningless sporting event. And I thought to myself, wow, this game, this game is in Charlotte. So people who went to the game, they sit through it. And at the end, they can't even go to dinner in New Orleans. They can't. <laughs> we move now to a simply Ugh. fabulous college football story. Maybe the one story more fabulous than Dion. You remember two weeks ago when SMU joined the ACC and said, don't worry about us getting TV money. We're good. Well, this is how good. SMU announced yesterday it had raised $100 million to help its transition to the ACC. They got this money in seven days. They got it from 30 donors. Pablo, do you believe SMU could actually compete for a championship in the ACC? $100 million in seven days is typically the sort of yeah. thing that gets the Treasury Department to investigate you, Tony. <laughs> That's the kind of money that we're talking about. In this case, thankfully... 
the, the record, the rap sheet on SMU's boosters is well established. This was in the scouting yes. report. They can do yes. this. They're the yeah. kid. They're the rich kid with the unpaid internship who says, you know what? I don't need money. I got my own. In fact, I'll help cater the party for you. So, of course, if SMU has this degree of money, they're a player. They're a player and they have that market. It's the Dallas market. This is not just a, hey, get us at a discount. It's the we'll bring the eyeballs. We'll bring the party to you. So if you get Texas and you got the money, of course, they can be a real thing. Yeah. All, all the question really means is, do you think that SMU can beat Florida State and beat Clemson? <laughs> And the answer to that yeah. is, it is now legal to pay players, okay? Do you remember the Pony Express with Eric Dickerson and Craig James? Do you think for a second that a kid in Texas with this kind of money rolling out won't stay home and go to school in Dallas? Did you see what Dion did overnight? Do you think SMU can't do this? All SMU needed, Pablo, was a seat at the table. A seat became open and they paid for the seat. They raised this money in seven days. Do you know why it took seven instead of two? Because they had to wait for the checks to clear. That's the only reason. <laughs> the money is there. SMU is not some invented school like Central Florida or Florida Atlantic, not some <laughs> basketball school like Kentucky or Kansas. They are a football school. If it was legal to pay players above board 30 years ago, they'd have five of these things. Pablo, Correct. they've been on a gulag for 30 years, and now they're out, and they're headed this way, and you know who should coach them? Dion, because Dion played in Dallas. That's a perfect marriage. And if Dion's not persuaded by the stump speech you just delivered on his behalf, just know they're not done raising the money. They're saying in print, $200 million plus. They're only halfway yeah. there on this GoFundMe, Tony. So, so look, yes. <laughs> If Dion wants to make a splash and truly rewrite everything, go get another 80% turnover rate with your roster, come to SMU, and then make everybody, yeah, kiss your feet, literally. People don't remember. SMU used to be great in football. This is all they want to be. Let's take a break. <laughs> Coming up, the Cowboys are rolling, but could the Niners be even better? And is Bill Belichick or Nick Saban coaching the shakier-looking team right now? I got something wrong. In my ear, Mike Tomlin played receiver at William & Mary. I thought he played defense at William & Mary. But he runs mm. the defense. And he's a defensively oriented guy. That's right. I mean, William & Mary, a real school, are. would you say? Is that a real school? Bill & Mary? Mary? Bill & Mary yeah. is a really good school. That's good school. Oh, yeah, Bill. Not football schools, not SMU. <laughs> Pardon the Interruption is brought to you by Coors Light. Made to chill. Celebrate responsibly. How can you be sure you're getting the right deal? I have to talk to my bestie. This one's like your last boyfriend. It's got issues. For the right used car, just say, show me the Carfax value. You'll get the Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two. Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again 
by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L E C T R I C ebikes.com. The NFL schedule drops this week, and you can be there to catch all the action live and in person with vivid seats. Experience every touchdown, every tackle, and every eye popping play of your favorite team. And to kick it off, Vivid Seats, the official ticketing partner of ESPN, is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code PTI. That's code PTI. Download the app or visit vividseats.com today. Vivid Seats, experience it live. It's time for Toss Up. Two men enter, one man leaves, finishes the show wanders around the house looking for his reading glasses and then realizes he's already wearing them, which would be funny, <laughs> except if I found them in the refrigerator. That would not be good. What's first? Oh. Toss up, stronger NFC team, the Cowboys or the Niners? I'm going to be quick on this. I'm going to say it's the Niners. I know that the Cowboys have looked very impressive. I said on the show yesterday, Pablo, that they are the champions of New York City they have beaten the Giants and the Jets by a combined score of 70 to 10. Dak Prescott has been very impressive. His yeah. numbers are really good. He has zero interceptions. He led the league in interceptions last year. He's completing passes, 71% rate. I know it's two games, but that's very good. Michael Parsons is at the moment Lawrence Taylor. He's a game record. But have you yes. seen the Niners? We talk about the Pittsburgh defense. They put 30 on Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh, they put 30 on the Rams. Rams are only two years removed from winning the Super Bowl. I think they have the most varied offense in the NFL. I don't know how you could stop both McCaffrey and Samuel during the same game. And the defense is good. So I'm going to resist jumping into the Cowboy hype this early. I am. I have to give in to it, Tony, because I'm going to read off of my phone and squint in this direction, okay? Cowboys have scored more points, 12, than they've given up. 10. They're first in points, points allowed, turnovers, takeaways, passing yards allowed, all of that stuff. Biggest margin of victory through two games since 1968. That's the Cowboys. I want to celebrate the Cowboys now, Tony, because I believe that in the long run of things, the Niners have a better chance to be there at the end. But right now, if you're Dak Prescott, and I always think about this through the lens of Dak Prescott, looking up at your unforgiving father figure, Jerry Jones, who wants to replace you at every, at every possible turn, despite the fact that right now, as you alluded to, he's not doing anything wrong. I just feel like right. me giving right. him this answer in uh, late September is about as much as he's going to get from Jerry. So I'm going to give it to him. Dak, you've earned this one. You're better than the Niners right now. Yeah, and as we know from watching First Take, Dak got his money. What's next? <laughs> Toss up. Who's got the shakier team, Bill Belichick or Nick Saban? So I don't think Bill Belichick's team is shaky at all. I think they're not a very good team. They haven't been a very good team since Tom Brady left. They're okay. They're 25 and 27 since Tom Brady left. And the two games they've been in, they've been competitive. At some point late in the game, they're driving for a tying or a winning touchdown. They have played Philadelphia and Miami. That could be the Super Bowl. Philadelphia and Miami. So I think New England is not shaky and is exactly what we thought they were. Alabama is shaky. Even if you concede that losing to Texas isn't terrible because Texas is a really good team. To beat South Florida 17-3, are you kidding me? That should be 60-3. That's bad. Nick Saban is juggling quarterbacks completely. Everything is sort of up in the air. 
I think shaky like in an earthquake is exactly the description <laughs> right now for Alabama. I want to take a Richter scale to the ground where Bill Belichick threw that red flag because that was about the most explosive play the Patriots have had in months, Tony. <laughs> They're not as good as you like. I mean, look, the mediocrity you've described should not be graded on a curve. It's Bill Belichick. He's the greatest of all time. And the fact is, they are bottom three in the league right now when it comes to explosive plays. If you're worried about right. the Patriots, you're worried because they don't have the weapons. They don't run the ball. They don't have the skill players. They have Mac Jones. And we can yada, yada, yada over the quarterback if you want, because Alabama's are far more disastrous in totality. But that's not saying yes. a lot. Mac Jones is not someone that I trust. And if you're Tony, we should also acknowledge the fact that Bill Belichick and Nick Saban are boys. They are friends. Yes, sure. My sure. presumption is they have yeah. a phone call like you and Wilbon have your phone call at it way too early in the morning in which you kvetch about all the things that bother you. To be a fly on that wall as those guys are complaining to each other about all of the ways their sons disappoint them, my word. It's a really nice job you're making kvetch into a two-syllable word. Kvetch. kvetch. I kvetch. like that. That's it. <laughs> Happy Let's holiday. take one last break. Still to come, thank you. Kyle Schwarber hits a ball <laughs> that might still be going. And how much tougher, Tony, did Dion's task just get with the news that Travis Hunter will be out for the next three games? The next time you're on the show, we'll go through Mishpucha. We'll see how you do with that one. I've got Wilbon to say that very well, but we'll see how you do with it. You know. Yeah, yeah. But clamped. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Happy time, people. Happy 56th birthday, Jim Abbott. He may be the most remarkable pro athlete of all time. Abbott was born with one functioning arm and hand, his left. His right arm was underdeveloped and he had no hand. And he made the major leagues as a pitcher. Abbott was a first-round draft pick by the Angels in 1988, went to the majors without ever playing in the minors. Over 10 years, he pitched for the Angels, Yankees, White Sox, and Brewers. He threw a no-hitter for the Yankees in 1993. On the mound, he would balance his glove on his right wrist as he pitched, then slip his left hand into the glove after he released the ball. It was astonishing, and it was awe-inspiring. 
Tony. The kids today don't realize how special Jim Abbott was. I grew up watching him on those 93-94 Yankees, and now as my left hand cramps because I hold my cell phone too long, I marvel at all the things he was doing. 200-plus innings pitched in a year. Did that a couple of times. ERA's under three. Did that a couple of times. A real-life starting pitcher who had his hand in a way that no one else had seen before and was awesome despite it. Happy anniversary, Leonard Fournette. On this day, eight years ago, the LSU star running back went for 228 yards and three touchdowns in just 19 carries against Auburn in a big home win. Fournette ran wild as the LSU front line opened holes for him the size of the Lincoln Tunnel. Fournette was the first running back taken in the 2017 draft, the fourth overall pick by Jacksonville. He was one of several players who publicly said, get me out of Jacksonville. Fournette ended up winning a Super Bowl in Tampa Bay with Tom Brady. As an example of how fragile the career is and how replaceable running backs are, now, at 28, Fournette is out of the league. I'm really glad he got that Super Bowl because of the last line he just said there. He was supposed to be the next Adrian Peterson, Tony. He was the number one prospect out of high school. He was a obvious, no doubt, first rounder out of college at LSU. And he played six years in the NFL to Adrian Peterson's 15. That's how this goes in this sport. And yeah, the roulette wheel did not favor him. Happy trails to this Michael Tonkin pitch last night. Kyle Schwarber parked it 483 feet from home plate as the Phillies got five home runs and beat the Braves seven to one. This was Schwarber's 45th home run of the season, matching his total of singles and giving him a 197 batting average, but a 345 on base percentage. It was Schwarber's second longest homer ever. Now with his next RBI, Schwarber will become the 13th player since 1920 with at least 45 homers, 100 RBI, 120 walks, and 100 runs in one season. And you want to know the others? Babe Ruth, Barry Bonds, Mark McGuire, Lou Gehrig, Chipper Jones, Aaron Judge, Harmon Killebrew, Ralph Kiner, Mickey Mantle, Willie McCovey, Mike Schmidt, and Jim Tomey. Pretty impressive, huh? Pretty impressive. All, all I had on this specific story was comparing Kyle Schwarber to like Dave Kingman and Adam Dunn. And I've never been less prepared to respond to something that you have said than that list of names as a result. Congratulations to Kyle it's, Schwarber. It's remarkable. I mean, obviously when he hits it, it stays hit, but 120 walks and, and 100 RBI, he's, he's worth it. Let's go to the big finish. Yeah, Patrick Mahomes restructured his contract and he will get $210 million guaranteed over four seasons. Are you impressed? I am. That's like SMU booster money at this point. Travis Hunter of Colorado, meanwhile, will miss the next three games with a lacerated liver, Tony. Your thoughts? He's a great player. He's a two-way player and a great player, and so he's going to miss at Oregon and against USC. That hurts. Victor Wembanyama reaffirmed that he will play for France in next year's Paris Olympics. Is that significant? It's significant insofar as it illustrates the difference between the World Cup, which he opted out of, and the Olympics, which also LeBron is suddenly interested in. Adam Wainwright beat the Brewers for career win number 200. Is that a big deal? He's 42 years old. He threw seven shutout innings. There's only four other guys in the majors right now with 200 or more wins. Last one, Kelly Oubre Jr. Expected to sign a one-year deal with your Sixers. Do you like that? I'm so exhausted by this season, and it hasn't even started. No thanks, but yeah, I guess I'll have this gruel for dinner. 
We're out of time. We'll try and do better the next time. I'm Tony Kornheiser, and this is the Pablo sign. Oh, I'm Pablo Torre. That's my sign. Thank you for watching. Here's another sign. I host Pablo Torre finds out it's a podcast. Please go and subscribe. But for now, here is Sports Center.